Hi, I'm Erica Keswin. Welcome to Left to Our Own Devices, a show that explores how to bring our human to work and to life. Because left to our own devices, we're not connecting. Today, I have a very special guest. My guest is Ashley Peterson, who was my barista at the Starbucks on 80th and Broadway on the Upper West Side for many, many years. And I want to start this intro, but just by sharing a little story about Ashley. So every day, as many of you know who follow me, I go to Starbucks every day and get my grande extra hot soy latte. And I got to know Ashley about eight to 10 years ago, and she immediately knew my drink. She would have it ready and waiting. This was before many of us used the app to have our drink ready. She always had a smile. I got to know her and and hear about her daughter. She got to know my kids. So one year in particular, my daughter Caroline decided to try a pumpkin scone and literally fell in love with the scone. So some days when we'd stop at the Starbucks to get my coffee, I would let her get a scone as a special treat. And one of the things that Caroline learned early on, it was hard for her to understand, she was about 10 years old, is that pumpkin scones and pumpkin spice lattes and everything pumpkin at Starbucks, they are seasonal items. And come November 1st, uh, there are no more. So one day we stopped into Starbucks. My latte was steamy hot and ready and waiting. And Ashley says to poor Caroline, you know, Caroline, there are no more pumpkin scones. Um, and she got so sad and kind of looked down and we left and we we walked to school. All of a sudden I heard Ashley screaming my name and running down Broadway. At, this is 730 in the morning. And I thought I had left my wallet there. She catches up to us and is totally out of breath, and she doesn't even look at me. She turns to Caroline, and she says, Caroline, I know you're so sad about the pumpkin scones, but today is November 1st, and it's the first day of our Christmas season, and here's a piece of gingerbread that I thought you might like. And Caroline got this big, huge smile on her face, and you know, being someone who's been in the human capital space for 25 years— I I really was stopped in my tracks. And in that moment, two things happened. You know, one, I said to myself, wow, if Starbucks could bottle what Ashley just did, they could crack the code on any business. And the second thing is the idea for the title of my first book, Bring Your Human to Work, was truly born in that moment when Ashley got out from behind the counter, chased me down the street, and, and really brought her human to that moment. And I will be forever grateful to her, just as an aside, and you'll hear about some of this in the podcast. Um, Bad for me, good for Ashley. She's been promoted so many times that I can't get my morning cup of coffee from her. I have to go all the way down to Midtown to visit her, but she's now the store manager um, of a store in Midtown, and she's crushing it. No surprise there. And so I know you will enjoy this show. It is truly one of my favorites. Ashley, it's so good to see you, even if it's across the screen. Um, wow, we've been planning this for so long. I I am so excited to see you. T- how are things going? Um, you are a store manager in Midtown, Manhattan, and given the pandemic and a lot of people aren't back at work, what what's going on down there? How are you? And and how is Starbucks? So it's been so, um, it's so good to see you. I wish I could hug you through the screen. Um, it's, I'm really happy to see your face and things have been good. We're trying to stay positive, remain positive right now um, in the pandemic, but being a store manager in Midtown from where we were so busy and everybody on the go to now 
not really having any customers. We went from scheduling maybe 12 people in the morning, 11 people in the morning, to now two people. Maybe five people schedule a day, two people in the morning, two people at night. It's a real big change. It's a real big difference. Um, but we're just trying to take one day at a time and hopefully things get better. Yeah. No, I I, th- I think we're we're starting to see things pick up, but I but Midtown is 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 a tough situation. I never thought that I would see Midtown um so dead. Um it's not we're in the middle of the block, so we don't see a lot of foot traffic. Um we thought with the MoMA coming back, we would see more people coming in through our doors. Um, but that it's not happening right now. Um Right now, I'm just looking of ways to bring people in. And if they do happen to stop in, we're looking for ways to bring them back yeah. um, into the store. Oh, my gosh. Well, again, it's it's good to see you. And I'd love to go back to the beginning. I mean, you and I just figured out we've known each other for 10 years when you were a barista <laughs> at the Starbucks on 81st and Broadway. And and now you manage your own store. So can you share with the audience a little bit about your background and and how how you got from barista to store manager? Um, so I started off as a barista on the Upper West Side at 81st and Broad, Broadway, um, like around October of 2011 or 10, I want to say. <laughs> um, that was my home, 81st and Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just a barista there, but I felt like almost I was like the mayor. I knew everyone. Everyone knew me. And it became, at that time, I was just looking for a job. Right. My cousin had been with Starbucks for so many years, maybe 13 years. And she's the one that actually got me the job at Starbucks. I said, hey, I think that you would be great. Her store manager came. Uh, they were friends. He came and seen me at one of the stores that I was working at, which was a White Castle at the time. Mm-hmm. So he's like, oh, I would love for you to start now. But I was like eight months pregnant. I'm like, there's no way I could start now. Um, it was just a, I went into the into that store thinking this will be short term. This is just a job for me. Um, and as the days passed by and as the months passed by, it became a passion almost to um, have the same interactions with the same customers every day. If you remember that store, it was the, such a busy location. Mm-hmm. And it was important that when people walked in, it's like, okay, they had somewhere to be. So it's just like, do you know my drink? Um, I used to have people drink ready um, by the time they got to the bar. <laughs> well, that was yours. me. That's how um, we because, met. That's you because had... of the consistency. You came right. in every day at the same time, all the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you were the one of the customers that was always on the go. You were always on the phone, but we just <laughs> made eye contact and I knew exactly um, what she was having. To oh. this day, I know uh, your drink because that's the connection that we had. Right. So how would you say that your relationships that you built in your life and, and at Starbucks with customers, with your colleagues helped you be so successful. I mean, you kept getting promoted and promoted. And I talked about, I mean, I I wrote about you and bring your human to work and you're one of my rituals, rock stars in in my (laughs) new book. And for the audience, 
I, I, Ashley was at 81st and Broadway and then got promoted to a store at 88th and Broadway, which for me was completely out of the way in terms of where <laughs> I had to go to work. But many yes. customers like me would go up to 88th to see Ashley, to get our coffees from Ashley and then go downtown. And one of the things I said to myself at that time was, wow, if Starbucks could bottle and sell you know, what Ashley is doing in terms of bringing her whole self to work, like they could crack the code on anything. There's no limits. So so talk to us about your ability to, to connect with people and deepen those relationships. How do you do it? For me, really, it's just getting to know people and really meeting them where they are. Um, a lot of times people are on the rut, they're on the go, they're in the rush. Um, they want to just get their coffee and go. And it's up to you to actually make that human connection and say, hey, how are you? How's your day going? Um, most of the uh, 80% of Broadway was very residential. Everyone came in with their kids, with their husband, with their wife. So it's like some people even came in with their nannies. So we got to know, I, I got to know everyone for who they were. Um, when we did have baristas that wasn't as friendly and outgoing as me, you know, I did try to say, hey, you know what, just try to learn two people named a week. And from there, um, just learn, after that, learn two more. And I noticed that the customers wasn't only coming to drink Starbucks, they was coming to see me and how I was doing. And mm -hmm. that was so important to me. I felt like there was a lot of times where it was overwhelming and we didn't have a, the right amount of staff and we didn't have the right leader. But I didn't give up because of the people, people like you who came in and asked, how's your daughter? How's it going? And thank you. Thank you so much. And I really, I really didn't know how much of an impact I was making because I was just a barista. I was just a shift supervisor. I was, I'm just a store manager. Um, I really didn't understand the impact that I was making. I didn't really understand why people uh, adapted to me so much. Uh, most of the, most people, we didn't have anything in common. It was just that, eye contact, have a good day. And they just wanted to know more about me. And that made me want to open up and get to know more about them and get to know a little bit more, treat them more than just a transaction. Mm -hmm. First of all, right. You had a huge impact on me. And I remember at my book launch of Bring Your Human to Work, there was a woman who came to my book launch. You know, she's probably about 70 and she walked <laughs> up to you at I the Barnes and Noble. Right. And um, Barbara. And she said, Ashley, do you remember me and and my drink? And without missing a beat, you know, I think you said something like tall, skinny vanilla latte or. Yes. And know. it was a grande skinny vanilla latte. And that's because she came every day. And it's just like all of my customers became more like family because they they appreciated the fact that I got and to know them on a different level. And I was going to have their drink ready and I was going to ask them. I genuinely cared um, about their well-being, about their family, about all of those things. My um, passion wasn't for the coffee and for the business. My passion was for the people. And that's something that sticks to me to this day. I knew that mm -hmm. they was going to come to see me maybe if I moved to 88th and Broadway with the promotion. But I did not expect for them to come to see me at 85th and Madison. I did not expect anyone to come see me at Uniqlo, like on Fifth Avenue. So um, that kind of stuck with me and it still stuck, stick with me to this right. day. Like, wow, 
when you live on the west side versus the east side and you're, there's a <laughs> thousand Starbucks in between, the fact that people are changing their work patterns and literally going across Central Park to see you is is pretty magical. And you know, the the when I came to see you, I think in, in your Midtown store and I was talking to you about my new project. I mean, as you know, getting my coffee, you know, from you and now from you know, still from Starbucks, sadly not from you. Well, it's good for you because you've been promoted so many times. But yeah. but that is my ritual. And like many people, you know, getting their coffee is is a ritual for them. And what I have found in my research for this new book is that rituals give us a sense of psychological safety and belonging and this connection to purpose. And that's how it is when, at least at the Starbucks where you work, that people do, you make them feel part of part of that community. And then you help train people to help to help them do that. So I have, I think what one of the reasons why I wanted you to be on the show is just that, you know, if you put this is not rocket science, yeah. um, it doesn't make it easy and you work hard at what you do, but but you can do it and and have such a dramatic impact on on people and and their lives. Um, so when I came and told you I was working on this book on rituals, you didn't skip a beat and you said, and you started explaining to me that everybody that starts working at Starbucks goes through the same ritual and it's called the first sip. And I would love for you to talk a little bit about that ritual. And even if you remember when you went through it with your manager and had your first sip. Okay. So Starbucks um, has a ritual, which is called the first sip. And it gives you time to connect with the person that you're hiring. Um, I remember um, my first sip, it was with the person who was training me and with the store manager. And we sat. We had some, we did a coffee tasting and we talked a little bit about the role and the routines and the expectations. Um, and years later, as a manager, this ritual is always so special to me um, because you kind of remember this. Um, I remember I was drinking espresso rose coffee. So we like to start off like all of the coffee tastings and all the first tips with espresso um, rose or our signature Pike place. Um, but it also depends on what type of, what time of the year it is. It can be, right now it's holiday time. If I was doing a first tip with someone that I was hiring, I would probably do the Christmas blend or holiday blend, mm -hmm. um, just so that that can be a memorable moment for them. So during the first tip, we have our coffee tasting where we sit and we have a coffee tasting for maybe three to four minutes. Um, we describe the coffee, we smell the coffee. We have something which is called the coffee passport. Um, where we use to taste different coffees. Um, you would be noting what coffee it is and write in your description of it and how do you feel about it and who did you taste it with. And it becomes exciting. And we um, eventually we want everyone to have a coffee passport and for them to fill it out and have it fully filled out because you can't explain the coffee to the customers if you're not tasting it yourself. Mm -hmm. So um Right now, I haven't had a first sip in a while because we are not um, hiring at the moment because of the pandemic for my location. But that's just a time to sit down and to celebrate your opportunity that you've been given and the expectations. Mm -hmm. um, what are you looking for in a partner? What are you looking for 
in someone that you're hiring? Are you looking for them to, what are you looking for? The connection, um, the ability to talk and to express yourself to the customers. Um, it's just a special moment, maybe 10 to 15 minutes explaining yeah. what the job is going to be like, what your journey is going to be like, and what you expect from the person that you're hiring, from the barista or whether it's a store manager or assistant manager, because some of the time you get hired with just to be a store manager. I had the beauty of starting as a barista and getting promoted to the next level. So I thank God for that opportunity because it's not easy coming to a company not knowing so much. And we have a lot of time we hire exteriors and they come in as a store manager and they don't even know how to make a latte. So, <laughs> Right. <laughs> and, I'm sure it makes you that much better of a store manager Yes, because you've you've been in that that role as a barista. Mm-hmm. You know w- what I've been amazed at, and I've been able to fly out to the Seattle headquarters of Starbucks and talk to so many people since this since my Starbucks journey started with you. Mm-hmm. And I am amazed every time that people remember where they were, what they were wearing, what they drank at their first sip, and what it was paired with. You know, with. Yes. You know, with a coffee cake or with a blueberry scone, and it and it really is this this moment, almost this this rite of passage that helps translate that you know the manager's passion for coffee to the new person coming into the organization. And when I think about rituals and onboarding rituals, the ritual of a beginning, yeah, um, this was one of the most powerful stories that that I heard and everybody remembers and, and talks about it. Yes. Um, but then you went on to share another uh, ritual with me. And I, I this might've come out of a big meeting. You, you talked about they bring all the store managers together. I think you went to Chicago and you know now that probably seems like a lifetime ago because none yes. of us are having <laughs> face-to-face uh, yes, get together. Yes, that was a leadership experience where we right. all went out to Chicago. Right, like 12,000. How many store managers were there? I can't even remember. Right. Something like 12,000, 20,000. So many store managers. Probably 30,000 or something like that. It was a lot of us. And it was this moment where we had the biggest coffee tasting because at that moment, um, they handed out little coffee cups to everyone and we did a coffee tasting together. And it was literally the biggest coffee tasting that Starbucks has had. And I want I want I want you to see that because it was so amazing. I'm actually going to send you some pictures so you can see and uh, see what it was like. It was like a big auditorium where everybody is just holding one Their cup of coffee cup. and drinking it and smelling it and slurping it at the same exact time. It was a beautiful a, moment. I write about in the book one of the guys who was in charge of making the gallons and thousands and thousands of gallons of coffee. So, Ashley, you also shared after you came back from the big leadership meeting in Chicago that you became, part of it was to empower all of the store managers to develop a purpose statement for your store. And you went on to describe how you created a ritual around that purpose when when your staff comes in in the morning, your team members, and when they leave after their shift. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about the purpose and, and the ritual that you designed around it. So every store has a purpose that fit for their store. So I was able to sit down with my shift supervisors and come up with a purpose that was going to be meaningful to all of us. So our purpose is to make 
um, everyone experience at our store a happy experience. Um, so in the morning when we check each other in, the first thing we want to ask, especially at this time, is how are you feeling? How's, how are you feeling? Um, we let them know where they're going to be. Hey, if you're going to be at the POS, we need you to ask the customers, how's their day going? If you're on the bar, we need you to make eye contact. And then you can make a compliment or just engage on a personable level and not just you have a tall latte, have a good day. You want the customers to have that engagement. If you see them on their phones, try to get them out of their phones and try to have a dialogue with them and let them know that we care. So um, each store has a purpose now and each store purpose is different. Um, each day, each week, we have our baristas make commitments where they say, hey, I'm going to connect with five, I'm going to make eye contact with five customers at the bar, learn their names, make compliments. I'm going to be at the register today. I'm going to ask 10 customers how's their day going. And we don't, I don't want it to be robotic. I want mm -hmm. it to be genuine. So whichever way they decide to do it, it's fine with me. Um, but I sometimes sit in my lobby and just close my eyes. What do I feel? What do I hear? Um, and just give them the honest feedback. Hey, I think that it was kind of bland. We should spice it up a little bit, turn the music up, make sure the morale is and the energy is positive. Um, yeah, so every day I give my feedback back so that they can be better in what they do and mm -hmm. change their approach That's if needed. Well, I talk in the book about rituals around beginnings and endings and sort of book ending rituals. And so when you, when they come in and you check in in the morning and, and check out and giving that feedback, it's one of the more impactful ways that, that rituals can sort of have an impact on, on employee engagement and, and how people feel connected to their work. So I thought that was really, really interesting. And that every store can have a different flavor and a, and a different purpose that you worked with your team to develop and to own that purpose statement. And every store is different. So every purpose is different. Um, but I want to feel confident that whether I'm in my location or whether I am have a day off, that everybody's experience will be the same. Um, and everybody's experience will be a positive one where they want to come back. So what would you say, I mean, you've been at Starbucks now for over 10 years, right? Is that about right? Yeah, 10 years. I kind of measure it with Mackenzie, my daughter. She's going to be 10 December 21st. And I believe I made 10 years in October. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. So what has Starbucks, what's the impact that Starbucks has had on you and, and your life? I always had a passion for people, but it makes me, like Starbucks has, made me dig a little bit deeper um, and really just focus on learning people for who they are, learning people, families, learning what they like and what they don't like. Um, I tell everybody, I can teach someone how to make a latte, but I can't teach someone to have the same charisma like me. It's like one of a kind almost, but I can coach and I can help develop someone the way they need to be. And that's why I believe I'm a store manager to this day because I'm always willing to help elevate um, the customer experience and elevate my partners. Um, I've met so much people in my 10 years. I've had so many job opportunities. Um, 
it's been a great journey and I only want to keep on going. I can't wait to see to see where you go, where you go next. Just don't leave New York City. <laughs> Maybe can't. you'll run all of New York or New York at one point. So I want to shift gears a little bit, Ashley. There's one question that I ask everybody on the podcast. And the question is, in your life, what do you do that makes you feel most like Ashley Peterson? What do I do? I'm a very normal person. Like I wake up, I try to uh, wake up happy. I try to remain happy. Um, I try to remain positive. No matter what's going on in my life, no matter what's going on around me, I try to remain positive because I have a, as a mom, as a store manager, I have a job to do and I have people watching me and counting on me. So I try to remain positive um, every day. Well, I remain I happy. Um, it's kind of difficult to remain happy in a time like this um, with this pandemic and COVID. I actually lost my grandmother in April um, to COVID. So with that, it's just like, I don't take any anything for granted. I don't take yeah. friendships for granted. I don't take being a store manager, being a mom for granted. Everything that I do, I just try to give my 100%. And you do. So I want to ask you just a couple of fun questions before hey. before we end. So what what do you drink at Starbucks? What's your go-to drink? So I have so many go-to drinks over the years. Um, they have changed. Um, so my go-to drink was uh, a black tea lemonade with classic and not the liquid cane sugar. The newer people, they like liquid cane. The old folks like me, we like classic syrup. Um <laughs> The black tea lemonade was my favorite. Um, I, I wasn't a big on coffee. I wasn't a big coffee drinker. Um, so that was when I first started as a barista. That was my favorite drink. Uh, when I got my promotion to be a shift supervisor, I needed the espresso. I needed the little extra kick. So I started to drink the iced white mocha. Mm-hmm. Um, it was sweet. It was good. Not so much coffee flavor. But now I'm drinking Starbucks double shot of espresso. So it's a beverage shaken, the shot shaken with a little bit of sweetener and off with a little bit of cream and it's ice. Wow. All right. I'm going to come see you and try that. Yeah. I haven't (laughs) had that one. All right. So I've been talking about, you know, how, you know, everybody's drinks. What, what was my drink? So your drink, um, I think you had, you had two drinks. Sometimes you come in and get, uh, with a grande soy latte. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you would get the soy latte and have like a little bit of dark roast of coffee just on the Ex- top of it. Exactly, exactly. Did you ever do decaf? You know, if I was coming in for my second one at the Third end one? of the day, I would do decaf. But I can't believe you remember that sometimes I would put a little extra dark roast because oh, the, the latte, the milk, the, the soy milk so sweet that I always wanted like a little more coffee. I always felt oh, badly mm-hmm. asking, but then you, you always you say, knew. oh, just add a little bit of dark roast. And most times you didn't have to ask because after the second or third time, it was already in the cup and waiting uh, for yep. you. Yep. No, it was. You always oh. seem like a, such a busy person and on the go. Um but you always made sure to connect and ask how I was doing. And you were just a very personable person. And, and to this day, we're like family now, from a customer to family. And I appreciate you. I really do. Oh, it's because the customers like you, people like you, um, that encourage me and ex- inspire me to keep on going and keep on showing up at my best self 
and most importantly, to bring my human to work and connect with people on a different level. So thank you, Erica. Well, you are welcome. It's why you're one of my rituals rock stars in this (laughs) this new book. Um, All right. A couple more fun questions. Are you watching anything these days on Netflix or TV? I'm, I'm sure you're so busy. I'm so busy, but um, like recently, I'm watching um this next Netflix documentary. It's called um, Trial Four, mm-hmm. and it's about like an African African American guy who got convicted of murder when he was 19 years old of a cop, a Boston cop. But it ended up that he's not guilty, and he spent like 25 years in prison. So I'm watching that um right now. I don't really watch a lot of TV, but now that holiday time is in, I like to watch Home Alone with my daughter, <laughs> The Grinch, yeah. and all those things, and dress up. We should come to my store, Erica. I am good. I'm definitely coming to your store, and and, and, and you know we'll let everybody else on this that's listening to this podcast know where your store is to come to come meet with you. Yay. And then my last question is: Is there something that you learned about yourself that kind of surprised you during this pandemic? Um, something that surprised me, I started cooking a lot more. Um, I knew I like cooking, but I really don't have the time to cook, but it only, it almost shocked me how much I actually enjoyed doing it. Um, Mackenzie helping out. Um, sometimes we forget uh, that we have this responsibility. I I try to cook at least two times a week, Mm -hmm. to be honest. Um, but it was such a fun journey to try different things, bake and cook and do all these things that I never had the chance to do. And actually yeah. sit down and have dinner with family. That's something that I haven't done in a while and it was good to do. Yeah, there's definitely been a, been a few silver linings around this pandemic. I will say in, in my house, we cooked a lot more, but my husband took it on. Like he started cooking. Really? Um, which has been a relief. Um, so I didn't have to think about it. But well, Ashley, <laughs> it is so good to see you. I will be down to your store in Midtown. Actually, why don't you tell everybody what store are you at in Midtown? So right now I'm at 52nd between 5th and 6th Avenue. We're in the middle of the block. You can't miss us. Um, now that it's holiday time, we're screaming holiday. My windows are so pretty. My store is so pretty. I can't wait for you guys to come stop by and say hi. And come have a cup of coffee with me. We're starting indoor dining starting tomorrow. So I'll be able to sit and actually have a coffee if you're willing to come. Well, I'm coming next week for sure. Thank you so much for being here. You know, keep bringing your human to everything that you do. And I feel so lucky to know you. Oh, thank you, Erica. Thank you for having me. I hope to see you soon. And I just can't wait to give you a hug. We're hugging. (laughs) <laughs> right I we're giving each other a virtual a virtual hug right now bye thank you for tuning in this week to left to our own devices if you enjoyed what you heard please rate and review the podcast on apple podcasts if you want to receive my monthly newsletter text the word human to 66866 or you can connect with me by email at erica at spaghettiproject.com stay safe stay connected and i'll see you next time